Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bills so I don't dread April every year, producing a balanced budget, not just for football, and saving on travel because spending less on airfares means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money podcast on your favourite podcast app. Future you will thank you. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Good morning and welcome back along to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90 Min football family as ever. I'm your host, Harry Simu, and on this edition, we're going to be discussing all the latest Arsenal-related transfer news. We're going to be talking Urian Timber, reports coming out of the Netherlands that he has already agreed personal terms with Arsenal. We're going to be discussing the Declan Rice negotiations. We're going to be talking about what convinced, according to reports, Kai Havertz to join Arsenal. We'll also be talking about Ilkay Gundogan and the fact that it looks like Arsenal have missed out on him. We'll also spend some time taking you guys' questions and thoughts, as always, from the live chat box. A big good morning to everybody uh, with us live at the moment. A big hello to everybody who will be watching or listening to this back a little bit later on. So good to see so many of you with us nice and early in the day. And thank you, of course, uh, for supporting the podcast, for uh, being here to watch the shows, to listen to the shows, if you take it in that way as well. It really means the world to me because I know at this point in the year where it is transfer silly season, I know there's so much content out there. So to know that you guys are coming here uh, to enjoy content is amazing and I'm so grateful for it. So thank you. Um, Afsar says it's too hot, Harry. I love this weather. I absolutely adore it. It puts me in a much better mood. Um, it, it sets the tone for a, a nice day ahead. And I'm actually looking forward to working out in the sunshine a little bit later on today. Going to get sort of the bits that I can't do outside done early doors. And then I'm going to head out uh, and uh, enjoy the weather. Take it all in. You never know. Maybe a cheeky barbecue later on today as well. Um, let's say a few hellos then. Uh, so many names with us. We've got Ryan. We've got uh, Hightower, Afsar, Mike, we've got Wesbird, uh, John Tora, Fjeldstat is with us, John Wayne, Lewis Kiriaku, Matt is there, Mohammed is there, uh, we've got Mafia Boss, John, Dave, uh, Paul Ndungu, uh, we've got Robert, Hassan Ali, Jimmy Flo, uh, Shannon Morton is with us, Archangel, Rob Segal, um, Joey Elitz, we've got GB, uh, Brian says, happy you fixed your clock, Harry. Do you know what? I, I thought it was fixed, the clock over my shoulder. Um, I was telling you guys a little while ago when I was doing a podcast from here in the living room that um, my missus was on my case because she'd been telling me for weeks that the batteries needed replacing in that clock behind me. I've replaced the batteries and unfortunately it keeps getting stuck. Now, the problem is this clock... To me, it's old-fashioned. It's not really my style. I, I don't really want it uh, in my living room. But it was a gift from my grandmother. And because it was a gift from my grandmother, I'm afraid to take it down and put it away. Because if she comes round and sees that it's not there, she'll be absolutely heartbroken, which is why it stays there. 
regardless of whether it works or not, it has to stay there. Um, big hello, uh, of course, uh, to uh, the British uh, Bushman, um, Daniel West, uh, Rich King Retro, Michael, uh, Abdi, Stephen, Nav, uh, Kay Smiles. Um, we've got uh, Jeet with us as well, Al Cesar as well. Um, look, we'll come to questions a little bit later on, so hold fire on them. Let's take you through then. Uh, some of the latest Arsenal news. Uh, we'll start off with Yuri and Timber. According to reports in the Netherlands, personal terms have already been agreed between the Ajax defender and Arsenal Football Club. It's said that he's going to earn around about £130,000 per week, which in today's market isn't crazy. Um, it's not quite the top end, but it's also uh, not sort of uh, to be sniffed at, that's for sure. Um, and of course, I think uh, he's someone that's going to come in, not necessarily as a starter from the beginning. I think he's someone that's going to come in and uh, and provide real good, solid cover. He's going to bring versatility to the table and uh, and allow us to rotate freely. Um, so, yeah, uh, very much looking forward to seeing how he does. But that's what we're hearing in terms of around about 130 thousand pounds per week have been agreed between Arsenal and Yuri and Timber. Now it's important to stress at this stage, we haven't heard this from Fabrizio Romano. We haven't heard this from David Ornstein. These are reports coming out of the Netherlands. Now I'm not saying they shouldn't be believed or that they're not reliable. Um, but I'm saying, you know, I'm not, you know, I think there's a good possibility that the personal terms have been agreed, but I'm not going to sit here and say it's absolutely 100% done. And I'll take that as gospel, not at this stage anyway. Um, but yeah, things are moving in the right direction with the Dutchman, it seems anyway. Um, Kai Havertz, apparently, uh, who Arsenal uh, agreed a deal for yesterday, uh, is due to have his medical with Arsenal in the coming days. Arsenal, according to Simon Collins, are happy to do this abroad if it means that they can wrap up the signing nice and quickly. We keep talking about the importance of um, of Arsenal getting people in place nice and early, of Arsenal uh, getting these players in and around the group and available for pre-season and for the pre-season tour. Not only is it a good opportunity to go and play matches together and experience sort of being on the field of play together, it's also... I think a great opportunity to bond and, and get close to one another. And I think Mikel Arteta is huge on that connection, the team spirit, all of the rest of it. And I think that that's another reason as to why he's been keen last year and now this year uh, as well to, um, you know, to be able to get these guys together and give them some time to get to know each other on a personal level as well. So I think taking players on the preseason tour is, is something that he's, realize the importance of and it's something uh, that he um he uh you know will will be keen to get tied up wrapped up uh, ahead of uh, that tour which is not too far away now when you think about it um right what else we got uh so yeah Kai Havertz is medical uh, due to take place uh this week as I say Arsenal looking to wrap that up nice and quickly but apparently according to uh, Liam Twomey of the Athletic who covers Chelsea the thing that really caught Kai Havertz's attention, apart from Arsenal being fucking massive and all the rest of it, uh, was this idea of him playing in a different position, in a different role. And, and what the piece suggests is that actually Kai Havertz hasn't been happy playing as a forward, hasn't been happy 
sort of having all the pressures and responsibilities that come with being a number nine when he himself doesn't feel like that's his best role and doesn't feel like that's his natural role, which is interesting. Um, we put out a podcast uh, yesterday. Was it yesterday? Yeah, I think it was yesterday. Uh, talking about where I think Kai Havertz fits in to the Arsenal picture. And um, it's a, a quick opportunity to remind you guys uh, that you can become a member of the Chronicles of Aguna podcast over on uh, the Another Slice platform. Uh, you can subscribe. And uh, not only will you be supporting the podcast, you'll be supporting me uh, in our donations uh, to charity as well. So someone piped up, by the way, in the comments yesterday and said, um, which I, I got to address this because I, I saw the comment and I, I must admit it, it felt like a bit of a kick in the balls. And I, I don't normally pay too much attention to that type of comment to people uh, sort of trying to have a go at me um, or, or people wanting to have a dig. But basically um, yesterday I said to you guys that our latest bit of members content was out over on the another slice platform um, this is how you subscribe if you want to. It isn't compulsory, obviously. Um, it does help me as a freelancer to, to focus more of my time and efforts onto this channel, which, as I've said to you guys a million and one times, is my number one priority and the thing that, you know, I'd love to do uh, more than anything else. But you got to keep the lights on as well, right? But anyway, there was a comment yesterday where someone said um, basically something along the lines of how can you... Um, or, or isn't it out of order that you are trying to associate a charity with your memberships? If it was that good, then nobody would give a shit about the charity. But it feels like you're trying to get people to sign up by putting the charity thing into the middle of it. Let me be clear. There are loads and loads and loads of, of podcasts that do memberships, all the rest of it. It is not compulsory. I don't even mention it. Um, or I haven't mentioned it for ages on our shows. It's not something I want to shove down people's throats every single day of the week. But for me, the reason I wanted to give money to charity from this is because I think that if I'm going to put this out there, I think I have a responsibility to give something back in some way, shape or form. And I've chosen a charity that means a lot to me. I've chosen a charity that I've had to use in my life with my daughter. And therefore, it's really, really important to me that if I can do something to give back, I will. And we're donating as much as 50% of what we're getting in terms of memberships to the Great Ormond Street Children's Hospital here in London. Now, if people don't like that, don't sign up. It's not a problem. Like genuinely, it's not a problem for me. If people don't feel like it's worth the cost, etc., that's absolutely fine. Not an issue. As I say, I'm not going to disrespect people that don't or, or have an issue with people that don't because I live in the real world I understand you know we don't all have the same disposable income that we had maybe a year two years ago so I completely get that I'm fine with it but what I can't get my head around is people trying to make out or, or this particular person trying to make out that I'm doing this or, or I'm giving the money to charity or saying that I'm giving the money to charity which is what he suggested just to get people to sign up no um, not at all um, I don't have to give it to charity, but I am because I want to give something back. And that's a charity that means a lot to me. But anyway, uh, sorry. Anyway, the reason I, I got onto that conversation or went onto that tangent was because um, we did put out a piece uh, for our members, which was where would Kai Havertz fit in at Arsenal? And 
Liam Twomey's piece suggests that Kai Havertz has been sold the Arsenal project on the premise that he's going to play in midfield, that he's going to play uh, as the uh, the granite Xhaka um, sort of replacement. And I, I just, I mean, I, I sort of think about it and think about it and think about it. And so many people are saying it that I'm starting to think, well, hold on a minute, maybe there's something in this. But the truth is, I just don't see it. Um, I sort of put the reasons in to that podcast as to why I don't believe he'd be a good fit necessarily in that eight position. But I'm happy to be proven wrong. I Look, I think if you had a, a system whereby, you know, um, for example, Martin Odegaard wasn't available, so then you had a little bit more balance on the left side or on the right side in terms of that defensive solidarity, then I'm okay with Kai Havertz being one of those midfield players and having that little bit of extra... Um, you know, that little bit of extra uh, sort of freedom to get forward and support and, and to, to cause problems in the way that he wants to. Kai Havertz has given interviews where he said, um, you know, I'm happy to play up front. I, I quite like um, playing up front. But then that kind of contradicts what this report says, which is actually one of the main reasons he wanted to join Arsenal was because he is able to drop into a deeper position in which he himself feels more comfortable. So I don't really know what to make of this. But as I say, if you go over to the Another Slice platform, if you sign up and gain access to our members' content, the next piece of which is dropping tomorrow on Yuri and Timber, um, then you'll be able to uh, to listen to my detailed, in-depth analysis of why I don't think that, um, that he is necessarily uh, that midfield player that, you know, maybe some people see him as at this point, maybe in the right system, maybe with the right balance around him, but not in addition to Martin Odegaard for me. I just don't see how you could have, for example, if we got him, Declan Rice um, in the six and then Havertz and Odegaard, wouldn't that just be a little bit too flimsy? I don't know. I don't know. Let me know what you guys think in the comments. But anyway, it looks like the Kai Havertz thing is, uh, is uh, pretty much wrapped up. Uh, the fee's been agreed. It's just the medical now, which, as I say, uh, according to Simon Collins, Arsenal are looking to do in the next few days so that they can get this deal uh, wrapped up. But Liam Twomey of The Athletic is reporting that the midfield role is something that appeals to Kai Havertz. And that's one of the big things that Arsenal sold the project uh, to him on. Uh, moving on to Declan Rice. Uh, negotiations are progressing well, according to reports. Um, some of you are saying that there's a, a report coming out with regards to Declan Rice and Manchester City. Who's put that out? Because it sounds like it's something that's dropped while we're live. So if you wouldn't mind steering me uh, in the right direction, um, I will uh, I will get that. Well, look, I'm just seeing uh, now from Gianluca Di Marzio. I think this is what people uh, are referring to. He says, Man City strongly join the race. What does that mean? Strongly join the race for Declan Rice from West Ham alongside Arsenal. Manchester City are working on a bid. Can you imagine um, <laughs> the meltdown um, that would uh, that would follow should Manchester City come and steal Declan Rice away from us? On the plus side, it will mean we had the money for Moises Caicedo, I guess, to rival Chelsea. I don't know. But yeah, um, you know, we keep hearing about this Manchester City interest and then whenever it sort of gathers a bit of pace, 
then we hear from the other side where people say, no, actually, Arsenal are, um, you know, actually, Arsenal are are confident that they're going to land this guy. He only wants Arsenal, etc., etc. So I don't really know what to believe on this. Listen, if Manchester City go crazy on the price, if Manchester City go up to 120 million, for argument's sake, if they're willing to go that far, then I think we should walk away. Because I have reservations around whether Declan Rice is worth 100 million, let alone in excess of that. Yeah, maybe we could have got the deal done earlier, but it's not just on Arsenal to, to do that, is it? And this is the bit that people always seem to miss. People say, well, hold on a minute. Um, you know, why didn't Arsenal just go and cough up? Well, from what we understand, West Ham had indicated previously that they would do the deal at a lower amount. Therefore, why would Arsenal go in there with a bid that is in excess of, of what they were told it was going to take to do the deal? Why would you? It's like you going into to Tesco's and buying a, a packet of chicken and saying, oh, well, it says two ninety nine on the, on the pack. But you know what, mate, I'll give you four ninety nine. Don't worry about it. Like, it. It doesn't make any sense, does it? Um, I also, interestingly, saw a clip from uh, TalkSport yesterday, and I know what people are going to say. TalkSport, don't take too much attention of it. Listen, I do work on TalkSport. Um, there are good people there uh, as well. There are some that talk nonsense, and I'm happy to say that to them on a show, but there are some good people there. And one of the people that I think is interesting to listen to, whether you, you like him or not, is Simon Jordan. Because I think he provides some really good insight sometimes with regards to the business side of football and how things are done, um, how things go uh, behind the scenes. And what he spoke about was was David Sullivan, who, of course, Arsenal are dealing with in uh, in their pursuit of, um, of Declan Rice. And he said, this was the line he said, he said, if David Sullivan told if David Sullivan told me it was 9 a.m., I'd have to check my watch, which suggests that in Simon Jordan's opinion, he's not a very trustworthy character. He is someone that will play games and he is someone that will, um, you know, go back on his word in order to make sure that he does his best for his club. Now, I'm not necessarily saying that's a bad thing. West Ham fans probably love it and adore it and, and are all over that, and rightly so, if he's got the interests of your club at, his, at the centre of what he's doing. But, you know, if Arsenal were indicated too that this deal could be done for less, made the offer at the price at which it was indicated it, it could happen, that got knocked back went in with a second offer, that got knocked back again and they're now preparing a third. And then someone else comes in and says, well, you know what, we'll give you 120 million. There's a part of me, as much as I want Declan Rice, that thinks Arsenal should go, no, you know what, you're taking the piss and back out. Because, as I say, I've got reservations around whether or not Declan Rice is worth 100 million pounds, let alone going beyond that. To go beyond that is questionable. To go a little bit beyond that to get the deal done, fine. To start going into the regions of 110, 120 uh, million pounds is is crazy. It's mental. Um, so, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll have to see how that goes. But look, we've heard a lot about this city interest. And at this moment in time, at the time of recording, a bid has not gone in yet to our knowledge from Manchester City. So should we be panicking? I don't think so. Not just yet. I think we should um, keep our calm, keep our cool because, uh, you know, there's no, there's no guarantee that they're going to go in and make that bid. I think that obviously them losing Ilkay Gundogan, he's agreed to go to, to Barcelona, it seems. 
bit disappointing for us because he's a player that I really wanted and, and really liked. Um, you know, the fact that he's going now probably flicks Manchester City into action, into gear, because they now feel like they need to go out and replace him. But they've already wrapped up a deal for Mateo Kovacic, who I would argue is a more like-for-like replacement than um, uh, than Declan Rice would be anyway. Uh, Jay Sayers in the chat says Bernardo is leaving as well. No confirmation of that at this stage. We know that Bernardo Silva's got offers from a number of clubs. Um, you know, Barcelona hoping to do it, but could be difficult because of FFP, we're told. Uh, we know that there's a Saudi offer on the table as well for Bernardo Silva. He won't have a shortage of suitors. He's a fantastic player. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm very much at the point where I've recognized and, and particularly working in this business over the last couple of summers that people will do anything for a click and people will do anything or say anything or write anything um, for, for the traction. And so I'm not saying Dimazio is making this up, not even saying that he's definitely wrong, but I think you know, there are certain sources that you trust around certain topics and around certain subjects. For me, Gianluca Di Marzio, when it comes to um, Italian football, brilliant, brilliant. But when it comes to the Premier League, I'm not so, I'm not so trusting of the information that he's put in. And again, just like we said, it was maybe earlier on uh, in this pursuit of Declan Rice. This could well be West Ham wanting to drive up the price. This could be West Ham really wanting to crank up the pressure on Arsenal ahead of that third bid going in to ensure that they get what they want. So anyway, that's where I'm at uh, on this. I think as far as I understand, to my knowledge, the Rice negotiations are progressing, maybe not as quickly as we'd like them to. Um, you know, the uh, the Kai Havertz stuff, we, we found out about it a lot later. Um, and uh, that's already been wrapped up in terms of the two clubs, um, you know, sort of uh, sort of getting that deal done. But anyway, uh, we'll see where this goes. Uh, it is frustrating that it's taken a while, but it is a high-value deal. Um, interesting as well, yesterday, after we recorded our podcast, that it came out that Manchester United had made another offer for Mason Mount, which was way below what Chelsea uh, were looking for or are said to be looking for. Yeah, it's okay for them to lowball, but for us... It's a big issue and it's a big deal and it's a big problem and everyone should get on their soapboxes about it. Um, but yeah, look, that's just the way it goes. Tom Canton put out a, a good tweet yesterday, didn't he? With Chelsea were looking for 70, 75 million for Kai Havertz. They ended up selling him for less. Why? Because we lowballed and we negotiated and that's just the way football goes. Um, Matt in the chat says, I disagree about overspending Harry. He's Arteta's top target. Plus it would send a massive message to the Premier League that we have the pull to attract top players, even when City are interested. Yeah, but it, it only means anything if City genuinely are interested and, and if their interest is enough to, to sort of spark them into life, um, you know, to, to, to sort of to force them to go and make an actual bid. Because you can say, I've got interest, oh, I like that player. But do you like him enough to go and submit an offer for a hundred and whatever million pounds? And, and that's the difference. And at this stage, at this moment, it's just words from Manchester City, because to our knowledge, as I keep saying, we don't know of a bid having officially gone in. So, um, yeah, that's uh, that's where I'm at on this anyway. Um, Jay says Tom put that tweet 
out of sarcasm, Harry. Yeah, but there was an element of truth to it. That's the point. Like, he went fishing. He's admitted that. Yeah, absolutely. He went fishing uh, looking for people to bite, 100%. But there was truth to it because we got the player for less than what Chelsea were asking for, um, which is the point I'm making. Anyway, guys, uh, we're going to take a short pause because that's kind of all the news from today. So let me just quickly uh, recap. According to reports in the Netherlands, Urien Timber has agreed personal terms with Arsenal. Uh, that's said to be uh, a package worth around about £130,000 uh, per week. Uh, Kai Havertz's medical is due to take place in the coming days, possibly even this week. Arsenal happy to do it abroad if it means that they can wrap up the signing nice and quickly. Uh, Kai Havertz was said to be convinced by the new role that Mikel Arteta uh, has mapped out for him, although I'm still not sure about that. Uh, Rice negotiations are ongoing slash progressing, according to some. Uh, but obviously, while we're on air live uh, about Gianluca, uh, Gianluca DiMarzio, uh potentially um, or, or reporting a potential bid incoming, uh, from uh, Manchester City, which could complicate things. We've also missed out on Ilkay Gundogan, it seems, who is headed for Barcelona. Anyway, um, let's take that short pause, and then we're just going to spend the rest of the show taking your questions. So start flooding the chat box. Welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90-min football family. Uh, lots to discuss, as it seems there is every day at the moment uh, with Arsenal. So let's uh, start working our way uh, through some of your questions. Um, what have we got? Uh, AJ Envoy says, Harry, any thoughts on the coefficient Champions League spot on the UCL expanding to potentially five spots in England? How would that affect Arsenal? Um some people say it will make things easier for Arsenal because there'll be a fifth spot up for grabs. But that also means that five clubs in the division will benefit from the Champions League financially, which actually makes the league a lot tougher. Um, you think about Newcastle coming into the picture um, as well. You think about the spending power that the rest of the clubs already have. And I don't really subscribe to that idea that it makes it easier. Um, yeah, you know, the coefficient ranking is is great and you know that's because the premier league has been a real dominant force in has become a real dominant force in european football of late because of the financial power and the disparity between what the premier league clubs have at their disposal and everybody else i personally don't like the idea of uh, of there becoming like this stronghold of european of premier league clubs i beg your pardon sort of bossing around uh, european football so for me it should have stayed at 4 it makes the value of getting in the top four even more important, which improves the the sort of the quality of the league, but also the entertainment factor as well. So I'm not really for this. I don't agree with this, but it is something that is, of course, uh, coming into play. Uh, Jeet Rao says, Harry, why should we care about making a statement? Shouldn't we focus on the player that fits our system rather than making a big statement? Also, big money moves 90% of the time fail. Um, so I, I'm not really of this opinion that we need to solely go out and make a big statement. Like that is the number one priority. No, the priority is bringing in the right player. And if you can make a big statement by getting someone that is revered by many at the same time, great happy days. I think that that has some value to it as well. Um, obviously Arsenal do see Declan Rice as someone that fits the system. Otherwise they wouldn't be pursuing him and they wouldn't be uh, prepared to spend 
the type of money we've been hearing about uh, if they weren't, as I say, uh, sort of almost certain on his uh, on his suitability to the project and to the team. Yeah, big money signings, you know, you can say that they fail a lot of the time. A lot of that is because the level of expectation set by uh, a big money signing is is often ridiculous and over the top. Um, you know, you think about Nicolas Pepe, for example, had Arsenal signed him for £30 million, scoring the amount of goals he did, impacting games the way he did, you probably would have looked at it and gone, decent signing, not amazing, but decent. But because it was £72 million, there was a pressure on him to deliver every single week and to deliver a much higher standard on a regular basis. And unfortunately, he wasn't able to do that. And that then brings increased scrutiny because of the money that you've paid. So, yeah, there is pressure on big money sign-ins, but that's just what it takes nowadays to get the best players. So you're going to have to take that pressure as part and parcel of, of what you get um, when you sign. And, and for somebody like Declan Rice, he'll know that coming to Arsenal, if that does, of course, happen for that kind of price, is going to be... Um, is going to be uh, sort of something that, that brings pressure alongside it. Um, Mike in Perth says, update on the phone-in shows, mate. We did one the other day. What what day was it? Um, I'm trying to think now. We did one earlier in the week. Um, we will do another one next week. Uh, we'll make sure that we do them weekly over the course of the summer. Uh, so, yeah, uh, do come over and check them out. I'll let you know exactly on days and stuff. As I keep saying to you guys, I was genuinely ready to like just wind it down over the summer like the transfer stuff is is good and and you know people want to hear it and we do it and and the plan was to do it every day like this but not to do too much around it and outside of it because I am knackered uh, after the year that I've had which is it's been a great year don't get me wrong but I am shattered and I wanted to wind down but it's not been the case I've been getting calls uh, left, right and centre. And I feel like I've been running around more than I do during the season. So um, my schedule is a little bit all over the place, but we did do a phone-in show earlier on. We called it the interactive show. Uh, you can find it on the podcast feed or uh, on the YouTube channel if you want to go back and check it out. And we will do another one of those uh, next week. Um, let's see uh, what else we've got uh, in the live chat box. Bear with me. Um, has anyone else reported the the Man City thing, by the way? Um, or is it just uh, Dimazio? Because Mohammed says uh, that the Athletic have reported it, have they? Let me know uh, who said that, and I'll um, I'll have a look at it. Okay, um, what else have we got? Do -do 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 -do. Uh, lots of you losing your minds about the um, the Declan Rice at Man City bid, apparently. Listen, guys, you don't have to put the same comment in the chat box 15 times. Uh, it's cool. Uh, I can see him. Um, K. Smiles says, uh, if we are to sign Rice and Havertz, but Jacker and Partey lead, do you think we require additional squad depth in midfield? Absolutely. 100%. We'd need a minimum of one more if the plan is for Havertz to play midfield, which, again, I'm not convinced it is. Um, or, or it's it's going to be as permanent a thing as as people make it out to be. I think it gives us an option, but yeah, I think there's a part of me that looks at habits and goes, "Well, you don't spend sixty five million on someone that's going to sit on your bench, so he must be being shoehorned in somewhere." Um, and so maybe that is a possibility, but you know, I still don't really see the fit. And maybe Arteta does, and Arteta knows far more than me. But yeah, I'm a little bit unsure about that. Um, but yeah, with regards to your question, if we sign Rice and Havertz, 
but Jacques and Partey leave, do we require additional squad depth? 100%. Uh, because I think we were already one short uh, in the... Um, in the midfield area. And so to lose two, but then only bring two in and one of them not really being a specialist midfielder, I think increases the need to, to add those additional numbers, but also quality too. Remember, Jorginho is still at the club, by the way. Mohamed Elneny could be back. Not that I want to see the team built around either of those two, but Jorginho is a good squad option. Elneny for me, his time has passed. It, it really, really has. Um, John says, do you believe Saka was told during his contract talks that we'll be getting Rice in for sure? Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think there would have been some discussion around what Arsenal's plans are for the summer, and that would have been something that the Gunners um, sort of used as a, a kind of a, a way of selling the project to, to Bukayo Saka and keeping him engaged and keeping him on board. Not that I'm saying he wanted to leave, but you know, you think that they would have sat there and said, look, we've got big plans. This is where we want to end up. This is what we're working towards. You know, kind of nearly got there last season. But, you know, we know we fell short. We understand where we, we fell short. And we're looking to build on those areas to hopefully not make the same mistakes next time around. So I think he would have been informed of maybe what the plans are. But, yeah, I don't know if they'd have said, yep, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's rice for sure. Uh, uh, lots of you saying if we don't get the rice deal done, it would be embarrassing. Uh, Crusader says, is Arteta thinking Havertz as someone who can solve a problem on the pitch rather than being his like-for-like replacement in a certain position? Yeah, we've we've talked about that quite a bit. Um, yeah, we've 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 chatted about that quite a bit. I, I I'm, it's unclear for me where he's going to end up. Um, playing and, and what exactly his uh, role is going to entail within the Arsenal setup. Uh, Declan Maguire says, Harry, what's your thoughts on Tierney potentially staying? For me, it seems pointless. Arteta clearly doesn't fancy him. He proved that by putting Tommy in at left back ahead of him. So let's cash in. Yeah, there were suggestions the other day that, that Kieran Tierney could stay on. But again, I'm not sure I'm, I'm totally convinced of that at this stage. I think it's been eerily quiet actually from sort of the big journos when it comes to Kieran Tierney so I still still think there's a good chance he leaves but it will be dependent on what Arsenal can get in in terms of a fee uh, for me uh, Jay Sayer says Fabrizio just retweeted his tweet from last week did he? trying to find it uh, yep he did he said uh, understand Man City Asked again for status of rice deal on Friday, waiting for Gundogan decision. Um, but he doesn't say they've made a bid. He's just reiterated the information that the deal was entering into its crucial days. Arsenal want to be fast to avoid surprises. New bid to be discussed. Personal terms almost agreed. Understand City have asked again on the status of the deal and are waiting for Gundogan's decision. So he's kind of suggesting it. Um, maybe he's been a bit cryptic. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Raul says, uh, Harry, assuming we buy him, would Arteta play Timber as an inverted right back and play Tommy slash Kivior as a left back? Solves our defensive frailties on that side. I think he'd like to have that flexibility to be able to almost mirror what we do on the left, on the right hand side at times. I think Ben White can play the inverted right back role as well. I do think that um, Urien Timber would be coming in though predominantly as a centre back. I really do. 
Um, obviously, he has that flexibility, and that's great, and it gives us options, etc. But I think predominantly he will be coming in as a as a centre half. Um, yeah, to be able to mirror what we do on the left, on the right, at times would be great. To be able to flip it around to add some variety to our game uh, would, of course, uh, be excellent. I'm not ruling out Zinchenko continuing to play as big a role as he has. So to say that Tommy or Kivio would be the left back, I think is not disrespectful to Zinchenko, but almost dismisses how important he's been and, and how much Mikel Arteta uh, rates him. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, Goon Gang AFC says, love the headset, Harry. Looks like you're about to convince me to buy into your Forex strategy. <laughs> um, as I mentioned to you guys last week, there's a, I had to have a couple of things done down in the man cave, uh, which is why I'm not recording at the desk with the microphone and all the rest of it. Uh, they started what they were doing uh, a week or so ago, uh, had a little issue, so I had to come back and fix it, which they're doing now. Uh, which is why uh, I'm sitting in the living room using my Forex uh, sort of salesman headset here. <laughs> um, what we got here? Uh, Lloyd says, Harry, what other areas do we need to address in order for Arsenal to compete next season? I think for me, we needed a defender, which it looks like we're going to get in Urian Timber. We needed a forward somewhere uh, along that line. And Kai Havertz seems to be that man. And then we needed multiple midfielders for me. So those are the areas that need addressing. I'd also go as far as saying we probably need another goalkeeper as well. Maybe people will say um, that's, um, that is that uh, is disrespectful to Matt Turner, but I just don't see it with him. I, I, I really don't. I really don't. Uh, what else have we got here? Let's have a look at. People keep saying that this has been tweeted, that's been tweeted. Oh, my God. The dreaded David Ornstein tweet. Manchester City expected to submit an offer to West Ham for Declan Rice today. Man City have serious interest in recruiting a 24-year-old England midfielder. And it is anticipated a formal bid will be lodged soon to rival Arsenal for the signing. The Manchester City just have to... Fuck up everything for us. Seriously, man. What are they going to do with Declan Rice? How many midfielders do they need? For God's sakes. Um, the Ornstein bomb has landed. Look, I think what we'll do is um, we'll do another show tonight in which we uh, we talk this bid from Manchester City. We, we discuss how much of a concern and issue uh, this could potentially be for us. Uh, but the meltdown is coming, guys, as Alistair Ben says in the chat. So be prepared. Put your helmets on. Take shelter uh, because today is going to be a, a turbulent one, isn't it? But yeah, um, let's see. Uh, let's see where this ends up. Uh, John says, don't blame City Harry. We're ball watching. Well, then if I'm Arsenal and I'm seeing that, I should be. I would be ringing up West Ham right now and, and making that £100 million pounds offer if Arsenal don't do that look if Manchester City get him for a hundred million pounds then I think we have every right to be upset and every right to be annoyed with Arsenal not showing enough conviction quickly enough to do this deal and get it over the line if Manchester City go 120 I won't be angry at Arsenal it is is sort of my 
initial feelings to this news and, and my initial sort of reaction to this. But anyway, um, the player has to accept that as well. The player has to want that move to Manchester City. And is he going to be concerned that he might find himself in the Calvin Phillips position, not playing very much? Because I just, I, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm naive. I, I just don't see him as a Pep Guardiola player. But anyway, uh, we'll see where this ends up, of course. Look, going to leave it there for now, guys. Um, we'll be back later for a show. Uh, I'm sure of it. And uh, and we'll discuss this in a little bit more detail, a little bit more um, length when we have a bit more information. I'm going to do some digging and I'll catch up with you guys uh, a little bit later on. Thank you for tuning in. As always, I'll see you guys soon. Goodbye. I'm Martin Tyler and you're listening to Harry Simeon.